0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Report Podcast, Season 9, Episode 3 of This Little Journey. Called, I don't know, Me Failing and Succeeding at the Digital Product Space to hopefully give you some lessons and some insights into how I got into this whole game. Maybe some of these things will help you in your journey, whether you're just starting out or you're a long-time veteran of the product space. Uh, hopefully you can find something here that really uh, resonates with you. So, first two episodes... Uh, The first one is really how I just discovered selling digital products, right? We talk about how I I got into working with computers and networking and then building my first Drupal real estate theme and then going into uh, business with a partner in episode two where we were actually creating Dropbox before Dropbox existed. We got $15,000 worth of seed funding and then the rest of that story is in that episode. So go ahead and listen to those first two uh, if this is your first time picking up along the way. Matterpoint.com. MattReport.com slash subscribe to join that mailing list. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And most importantly, if you really like these episodes, please, please just share it on Twitter. Just take a moment uh, in your podcast player to share the episode. Tag me if you want, at MattReport, at MattMadeiros on Twitter. Let me know that you're sharing this stuff. Uh, And as of tomorrow, we'll have our third child in the house. So we, or I, will be taking some time off, of course, from the podcast. But I have some special content lined up. From a gentleman named Keith Devon, and he has launched the Pricing WP podcast, and we have some exclusive content coming to the Matt Report here, sharing the airwaves as I do, and as I've mentioned in the last few episodes. Um, here's a taste of one of his Pricing WP episodes. I'm building a trust, trusting relationship, um, and that it's a tricky conversation to have. I'm not. Yeah. Gonna, I'm not going to pretend it's not. Like I've got a, the perfect answer for it, um, but I would say that you know, if you want to build a long-term relationship with your developer, you want to build something that's sustainable and ongoing. Then you need to be able to break these projects down into how many days they're going to be and how much they're going to cost. Um, I often say that the last thing you want me to do as a developer is to set a fixed price and. Sort of naively try and attempt to complete this project. All right, that was just a quick taste of uh, his upcoming episodes for the pricing WP podcast. Again, he'll be distributing that on his own channel. You can find it on Twitter at pricingwP. follow Keith at Keith Devon on Twitter. Um but like I said, on the Mariport channel, we'll have two ex- exclusive episodes and then a wrap up. Uh, interview with him launching his podcast and all of the takeaways that he's learned from that. So super excited to have another WordPress podcaster (laughs) on the scene. Um, I'd also like to take a moment to say thanks and uh, a virtual round of applause to Jeff Chandler, who has stepped away from the tavern Um, I have a lot of thoughts on that, but unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to get to any of that, uh, uh, unlock that brain trust until I get back from paternity leave, Um, but a big round of applause to Jeff Rowe, who has uh, spearheaded WordPress news for over a decade, and uh, it's unfortunate we're losing such a uh, pivotal voice in the community, Um, but, you know, it is hopefully he finds his footing with something that he really enjoys uh, and something that he finds some purpose in. And if you're out there and you're just clawing at the walls that you just, you want to talk about WordPress um, and just be sort of bipartisan and and just, you know, be critical around the space because that's what I am. Uh, And I guess I'll just, you know, I'm going to take a moment here to just get on my soapbox. I am critical of the WordPress space and of course, of Matt Mullenweg, who sort of is like this dual CEO of .org and and Automatic, and it sort of all gets blended into WordPress owns, uh, you know, all of this stuff, or I should say he owns WordPress. And, you know, with the recent news of the Tumblr acquisition, which I am 100% for, and it is awesome that he is making those moves, but what is just a continued slap on the back of the head is this media mixing the branding of Matt and Automatic owning WordPress and it's just sort of blended and thrown out there and there's no correction of it uh because it's an advantage uh to to him to do that and I guess a little bit of hey I started this thing and I'm gonna I'm gonna absorb that benefit right there. There's not anything that really separates that stuff and that whole rant that soapbox rant was to to just frame this statement of please if if you want to be critical about WordPress don't be afraid and I don't mean just harping on it and saying Matt's out there for the money because I don't think he really is but I think many of us hold ourselves back, and you could do the community a favor, especially if you're a non-developer like myself, non-technical. Maybe you're afraid to get out there because you don't want to sound stupid. I sound stupid every day, and I will just keep criticizing for the good of the freedoms of WordPress and for the people who make a living putting food on the table for their families through WordPress. So please, pick up a blog, (laughs) you know, use WordPress if you want, Uh, pick up a podcast, start a YouTube channel, talk about these things around the WordPress space that impact your livelihood. So Jeff, again, thanks for doing all that you do. All right, we're going to dive into Conductor and this plugin that I started many years ago and the $4,000 launch day that led to, well, not so much after that. Okay, again, so you've already heard how I've gotten my feet wet in the digital space and I'm going to just share a few lessons and there's a lot here and I'm going to try to just do this in bite-sized pieces. But like everybody else, when I started an agency and I and I saw digital products happening and I just saw the explosive market around themes and plugins, I just naturally sat back like everybody else and said, hey, I, we want to do that too. Like, I, I want a piece of that business because my God, the services business is just so challenging. Who wants to serve customers every day? Which is just a laughable statement. But many of us go into it thinking that way. Um, I do have some new thoughts on services-based business. By the way, I think they're great uh, in in a certain capacity uh, with a certain type of service. But we tried everything. I mean, we were we were you know spitballing ideas before Conductor was even you know even around. We started you know dabbling in some themes, and we did okay with them in the early days. But Conductor was one of those things where the light bulb went off when we we're like, you know what, we keep building the same solution for customers and they keep asking us, hey, how do I have control over my homepage with the types of content that's on this homepage? And at the time, we were working with a lot of publishers um, and a lot of local news organizations and just building out like these little local content portals for people. And what you know as Gutenberg and page builders today, and blocks and things like that, and just displaying featured content, but being able to manipulate that layout, we started building that again at the time with the tools available to us through widgets. And you were able to select the types of content you wanted to display and put it in a grid and a column, um, different sizes, or two columns, six columns, whatever. And we allowed people to display the certain types of metadata. So featured image, uh, titles, excerpts, read more link. And these were things that these customers were always changing. They were always asking us to change for them. So we built it into a plugin and we're like, Hey, this is what everyone else is. we, We think we just stumbled on what everyone else is doing in the product spaces. They're getting the repeatable questions. We're solving a need and we can productize it. And uh, we started shaping this custom code into a plugin, which was then known as Conductor, or you know, we we then named as Conductor before launch. And the idea behind Conductor was this is something that conducts your content, as if you were, I don't know, an electrical conductor, a train conductor, right? It is the 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 piece that says, hey, you've got all this content in the backend, and now we want to display it on the front end, and Conductor sits in the middle of that. It's a query builder not a page builder and that's the particular challenge that we ran into in the future before we get there here's how we had a four thousand dollar launch day so like everyone else tells you to do we went out and we got feedback and what i did is i i i first put together this advisory council again this is like 5 years ago and i and i'm and i'm reading all the startup books and i'm 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 just soaking up all of the you know launch and 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 startup content coming at me at the time and everybody was like hey you you have to get people who are willing to tell you uh you know you know, be super honest with the product. So here's the things they like, here's the things they don't like and you know, from different angles. So I put together this sort of lo- this launch council or this advisory council of just people I've trusted in the WordPress space at the time. I was able to do this because I have this podcast and I built a lot of rapport with people. So there's about eight people on this panel and I demoed it and I showed it to them and they all gave me great feedback. They all told me about how uh, you know, I, how I should price it and, you know, what what was really good about the product, what was really lacking in the product. But the one caveat there is most people were just giving me the positive, right? There wasn't a lot of people saying, no, you shouldn't launch this. No, there's too many competitors. And I don't know if because page builders just weren't really a big thing back then. Um, but there was nobody really telling me, you know, pump the brakes, redo this. and And that is one lesson that, I want you to take away is i think you should talk to people i think you should put together your own little advisory board before going to launch and get people to really give you some brutally honest feedback um and how i positioned it was i created a pitch deck as if i were like a big startup where i would go in front of investors and i would pitch it and that was pivotal i mean that was amazing to get people on board with this idea so that would be another piece of advice is like create this pitch deck and just pitch the product as if you were Shark Tank or whatever. Um, really get the long-term view out there as best you can. So I built the growth council and then I, um, I talked to 30 other individuals, right? So before even going to launch, talked to 30 individuals and just demoed it to them and got their feedback. And we collected it and we saw the things that we were, that we were doing right and doing wrong. And we did use that as an opportunity to enhance the product. Um, So we did sharpen our product tools a little bit before we got to launch day. Um, And the one glaring thing I think that we did wrong before launch day was putting all of our eggs into one basket of WordPress. Now, let me take a step back and, and just frame that. So many people are charged up in the WordPress product space or WordPress community to quote unquote, do things the WordPress way, right? So if you get in a time machine, you go back five years ago, you know that people are like, never use a page builder ever. (laughs) It's the worst thing you could possibly do because these tools were in their infancy at the time. Uh, They weren't robust. WordPress wasn't ready for them. Uh, flash forward to the, today. Literally today, I saw the announcement that Elementor has 3 million, 3 million active installs, and um, of course, we know all about Beaver Builder, Divi, Elegant Themes, all that stuff. So, at the time, we were using what WordPress really wanted us to use, which was the Customizer. It was a huge push to the Customizer and widgets, and that is was probably the kiss of death of. You know, really succumbing to, you know what, we're not going to build a wrapper, you know, a custom page layout. But we're going to work with the customizer. And we're going to use widgets. That's exactly what WordPress will want. Why would WordPress ever change? And I know this is something you shouldn't do in, the soft, in any software space, but that was what we were doing. We thought that the best way to market is to say this is as f- WordPress friendly as possible. Because everyone wants that. But that wasn't really the case as the years went on. It's not what real customers wanted. Oh yeah, we talked about a $4,000 launch date. Let's get to that. So I'll just keep teasing this $4,000 launch date throughout this episode. Once we got version one ready... Of conductor of of course it doesn't have the add-ons that it has now it just doesn't have the features and functions that it had now it was literally going in and displaying blog posts or custom post types and custom fields and then you could move those elements around it's actually kind of funny to see some of the themes like astra um, and of course all of these page builders that are that have UI elements and and design thinking, the way we built Conductor. I'm not saying that we were the first to do this stuff, but we were certainly far ahead uh, in our thinking and and, and how we thought people would interact with draggable front-end elements of custom fields and and custom post types. And I lined up a spot. Of course, I had a podcast. I have this podcast at the time I launched, but I wasn't going to launch it on my own podcast. I felt that was kind of... Uh, just self-promotion and, and really never used this podcast for self-promotion to that degree before. So I hooked up with Carrie Dills, and she was doing her Office Hours podcast. And I said, hey, I want to I do a, a launch of this product. She was one of the people on my growth uh, advisory board. So of course, you know, she was keen to that. And uh, Bob WP and some other folks, uh, Nathan Hangen, uh, Tom McFarlane, uh, Mario Peshev, uh, a lot of folks that were there uh, to really help out in the beginning. And we did a launch day and uh, live stream on on YouTube, on on her podcast with live chat. And, you know, we amped it up for a couple of weeks. We got people excited for it. And I had uh, a coupon code for, you know, whatever it was, 50 percent off of one hundred dollars of two hundred dollars. So you could effectively buy a lifetime license that day for one hundred bucks. And we did the demo. Uh, You know, we got people watching. And by the end of that day, after I announced that coupon code, we did $4,000 in total revenue that day of selling licenses. And I remember just, you know, it's just me and Scott that developed this, this plugin, uh, my lead developer at, at the agency. And, you know, I'm just the sort of marketing architect guy. I come up with the features and ideas and, and the site and the content and all that stuff. And he actually builds it. We looked at each other. And we're like, we just cracked the code, right? We just cracked the code. Um, we're just going to have to just do this on repeat and continue to do, uh, promo pushes and Twitter tweeting and videos and blog posts and, you know, all of this stuff. Um, and we were super excited as one is to have a very successful launch day. But over the course of the next 30 days, we only sold like $600 worth of licenses after that. And we hit a real plateau for months to come where we were making less than 1000 bucks a month with this, with this product. And a lot of it was because we could never really ultimately get to a fine balance of making enough revenue to step away from client services, to ultimately spend time building out features and add-ons and all of this stuff to Conductor. And it was a challenging lesson. I mean, we just we were juggling too much. We had client services, we had the theme shop, and we had this, and the client services just got the bulk of the attention because it was the bulk of the revenue. Uh, it wasn't just us at this agency, it was my father and other contractors and other employees that work for us. So we we're trying to balance all this stuff out and it became quite a challenge. So we never really saw a $4,000 day again, close to it when we did some Black Friday promotions that everyone sort of does. And we sort of came to terms years later of what Conductor really is. So as I hinted at the beginning of this series of of podcast episodes is Conductor has become a product that still makes enough money to invest in. People still rely on it. We still really like it as a product. We use it in, uh, or I should say the agency still uses it in in their projects. And it's one of those things that's just like a really good tool that a small amount of people in the WordPress world can use up against giants like page builders. It's just not going to compete with that. And that's the intent of it. With a Gutenberg world, we have to reassess how people use conductor and blocks. Right now, what we've done is just allowed you to have a block that's in there that calls a, a conductor query that you've made in WP admin. So, you don't build all of that stuff in a block, but you just make it in the conductor admin and then drop a short code in there or use the Gutenberg block that we've made for it, which just you're just assigning that block the conductor query. But the challenges over time have been, you know, have been just that. It's been, how do you, you know, people buy this and they say, hey, I want to do exactly what Elementor does, but I want to do it with conductor. I want to do what Beaver Builder does, and I want to do it with conductor. And it's not that. We've built. Conductor to supplement Beaver Builder. We haven't done it for Elementor yet. But it's basically just takes the bones of the framework of the WordPress query uh, function and allows you to do it in a GUI um, and then display it in some basic HTML CSS output to be as compatible with themes as possible. But it's still a little bit developer heavy and it's still, you know, it makes that fine balance between it you, kind of going to be a power user um, but it's going to still save you a bunch of time so it's not you know just putting pieces of code together for every install and i famously talk about this product you know in 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 the same vein of this other company that's out there that makes headphones they're called grado labs and they've been around for i think you know almost 100 years at this point and they hand make headphones people love them um I want to say they're in Brooklyn, New York, or uh, they're definitely in New York, um, but not quite certain if they're in Brooklyn. But they're family owned, small business. They don't get like these big celebrities to endorse their headphones. They just make really good headphones handmade. Um, They're not super expensive, they're not super cheap. And I feel like in a Gutenberg world where there's like so much happening in page builders and Gutenberg blocks that. Conductor or any product, like if you're building a WordPress product out there and you're like, Jesus, I'm competing against so many people, I think you can make some asserted assumptions or decisions around the way you build your software that says, you know what? I'm not going to follow the hype of blocks. I'm not going to follow the hype of page builders. And I'm going to purposely make this software work the way. My customers want it to work. So in a case of Conductor, it's like everyone's rushing to blocks and everyone's rushing to stuff UI elements into blocks to do all of these things in blocks. And we're sort of just sitting back there like, nah, there's, like, there's too many decisions to be made when you make a Conductor query and we're not going to stuff all of that into a block. It's just way too much for the sake of just stuffing it into a block. So let's have a, an admin screen where you just develop the query, save it, It's in its own admin screen. And then when you go to Gutenberg, you just say, you know, here's my front blog posts query and you drop it into a block. And that kind of decision making, I think, can be healthy for a piece of software. I don't know if it's the right decision, time will tell. But I don't think we always have to be chasing massive adoption and trendy you know, uh, experiences, I guess. And I say all of that because if you're a product owner out there, just like, how do I make this work? How do I compete with all these people? Because I have those same feelings every day still to this day. And I have to remind myself that this is not, we don't have to compete in that. We don't have to be like that. And it helps me just say, look, conductor is a solid product. Hey, we'll see what happens with it. It's not losing customers. It's not, you know, you know, it's not home run making tens of thousands of dollars a month, but it makes a good amount to just, you know, keep it stable and keep features going out there solely to it. And I think most of our customers appreciate that, that it's not this rapid development, rapid changing UIs, rapid feature functions. Oh my God, now you have to pivot to this and you have to, now you have a SaaS link that you have to sign up for. No, it's stable. It's, you know, it's useful. It works for what it needs to, needs to do. And they get some support with it. And that's where we're at with the conductor journey. All right, that's the end of this episode. This one was a long one, maybe, mainly, mainly because I ranted a lot about the WordPress uh, uh, ecosystem in the beginning. But hopefully you found some good lessons uh, within today's discussion. Uh, Don't forget to share this. Like I said, we'll be pumping out some content from Keith and his podcast. Stay tuned to that. MattReport.com. MattReport.com slash subscribe to join that mailing list. Please share it on Twitter if you like this stuff. See you on the other side.